0: Welcome to The Breakdown with INFB, we're your hosts, Garrett Kelly.
1: And Heidi Gant.
0: On today's episode, we're coming to you from the annual American Farm Bureau Federation Convention in Salt Lake City, Utah, to chat with some of the finalists who participated in the Ag Innovation Challenge.
1: This year, two out of the 10 entrepreneur finalists were from Indiana. They competed against other startups from around the country that are developing innovative solutions that address challenges Facing America's Farmers, Ranchers, and Rural Communities. So first up, we're talking to Jim Donahue from Repro Health Technologies, who actually made it into the final four of the competition.
0: We
2: did. We were in the final four. It's yeah. really exciting. I think there was 89 companies that applied, 10 that made it. To the finals, and then we were part of the final four.
1: So. And I got to tell you, I don't remember the last time Indiana even had just one mm-hmm. um, company in the finals, and now we had two. And so, Jim, can you start off just telling us a little bit about what Repro Health does?
2: Yeah, Repro Health uh, is creating technology to improve assisted reproductive technology, and um, and so we're improving cattle production, uh, assisted technology, reproductive technology in cows, is artificial insemination embryo transfer with flushing, and in vitro fertilization. And we've created a novel device called intravaginal embryo culture that actually grows the embryos inside the body, in the vagina of the cow, and improves the uh, efficiency of the entire process. So it's pretty cool. It's a technology that has been used in humans. I'm actually a human fertility doctor. I did the very first one of these in our state back in 2017, and a lady got pregnant with twins. And that kind of led to... um, to the company and where we're going. And so we decided we were going to make a new type of device. We realized that um, the ag industry and cattle production is really inefficient and, or at least could be improved with improved cattle production, high tech wise. And um, so my, my co-founders, Dave Dixon, who's a large animal vet up in Rensselaer, Indiana, and Michael Witt, who's a uh, Purdue grad, but a biomedical engineering professor out in California. The three of us essentially um, kind of came together to develop this whole thing.
1: So that, that's one of my questions. How did you get attached to those two? And, and did you think of the idea and then sought them out? Or how'd that happen? Um,
2: I sort of had the idea that I wanted to build something, but I'm not an engineer. And so I got introduced to Michael, who is an engineer. And, um, and then Michael, um, who has family in Indianapolis, so he's there quite a bit, um, he and I got together, and we talked about what, what we were trying to do, and we really truly felt like, hey, you know, we should really be starting a company to do this, and, um, and that's kind of how it started, and then we worked on developing the device. We realized um, the cattle production or those that have used um, in vitro production or IVF in cows weren't as happy with the technology. It wasn't giving the results that they wanted, and so um, I was introduced to Dave through another gentleman with the Indiana Beef Association. Um, and he introduced me to Dave and, and Dave, um, you know, was willing to try. And then we said, Dave, you got to join the team because, you know,
1: you we, needed someone with his expertise. Uh, yeah.
2: And, and everything we're doing is really things that make his work better. And, and so that's, uh, that's, that's kind of how it all evolved. Um, we were really excited to be, um, be part of this um we're actually getting a usda grant and we're
1: yeah can you talk a little bit about that grant that you got
2: yeah it's basically related to the manufacture of the device and the different plastics that go into it so it's really like the core engineering i guess you will uh related to a device like this and we're going to be um actually using an indiana manufacturer up in um, uh, thunderbird molding which is uh, up in Elkhart, indiana to actually make these things so okay. yeah it's um yeah, it's really cool. You know, it's a very exciting thing to be working on and the people we've met are great. And, um, you know, it's, a, we just really feel blessed to be here and the Farm Bureau, uh, you know, it's just been wonderful. And so, yeah.
1: So since, since unfortunately you didn't win, which we, everybody in Indiana, we think you should have won. Since you didn't win, what, what's the plan now? I know you had talked about there's some, some clinical trials that are going yeah. to starting. Yes,
2: we have trials that are starting. Um, we are, um, that's this next quarter. I mean, we've got trials that we're starting. We're actually uh, working on some other innovations with technology, for uh, as well. And so we've got a number of different projects we're working on. Um, yeah, and these are great companies. All ten of them are really great companies. And so you know, I'm 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 lucky lucky to be um, old and one of the, kind of the older guard here. And when you see the the young folks, what they're doing—it's just really impressive. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, yeah, we uh, feel just blessed to get here, and um, you know, unfortunately, we were number three or four, and <laughs> <laughs> some of that's okay.
1: So then, what's your plan now? Are you are you going to be looking for more funding, and, and what's the future of we, Repro Health?
2: We yeah. we are, you know, you're always talking with investors. We um, have some investor meetings coming up. Um, we have money to cover what we are doing now. We're um, for the next months, I believe. we stable on that and, and it's just trying to you know reach milestones every every month and so that we can say at the end of every quarter you know we've really m- reached these milestones and, and all of these are geared towards the product um, we are going to be doing trials with um, animals in the spring in Tennessee and Oklahoma we've got their paid trials they're actually the farmers are paying us to do this and uh, some of those farmers have actually invested in the company and so we have trials planned then. Um, we planned some in California. Actually, at this meeting, we met some other uh, ranchers who are very interested to to do the technology as well. So,
1: Yeah, I, I was going to say, I thought after I heard your pitch um, yesterday, I thought that maybe some of the people in the room would probably think, wow, I need that on my farm.
2: I literally got off the stage and was talking to three or four of them yeah. <laughs> as soon as it was over. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. So, uh, so have you ever interacted with the agriculture community before? Is this kind of your first foray into it, that?
2: It really is. You know, um, I'm a human fertility doctor. Michael's a biomedical engineer. But over the last two years, we have really, really um, met a lot of the ag community. And everybody is really nice. They're very receptive to what we're trying to do. Um, are we sort of outsiders? Yeah. You know, do you innovate? Do the outsiders innovate? Of course. Um, mm-hmm. and so at the end of the day, I don't think anybody care who solves their problems. It's that the problems get solved and that's, um, you know, that's, we've, and I feel we've been very well, uh, received. Uh, we were worked with the dairy farmers of America and so every, everybody's been just wonderful to work with and yeah. it's neat bringing a new technology and, uh, and we, and it's hard, you know, we've had a, had our, you know, setbacks and, you know, it, it's doesn't always go like you think. So it's, uh, so it's really, it's really, really been nice. And not, although I, Dave is a veterinarian <laughs> and so you know, we, we do have a, a real ag person on our team now. Right. So, yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Anytime you're doing something new, but I think people are going to question you until you prove them. Uh, yeah, Wrong, yeah, you know. it's great, yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, it's like we've made embryos. You know, we, you know, you got to get the results. you got to iron out the process and all of that. So, yeah, that's that's what it's all about. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Well, anything that I didn't ask you that you think our farmers um, need to know or maybe where, where can they find more information about you? Um,
2: you know, it's uh, reprohealthtech.com, and um, and I'm sure a lot of them know Dave Dixon. You know, he he's a, does a lot of reproductive work in our state. And so, yeah, it's just reach out. Our website has an information page. And, uh, you know, find me on LinkedIn. And, um, you know, we're just really glad to be getting to do this and to work with everybody. And, um, you know, that's, that's a really great thing to do. And Indiana is just a great place for innovation. So.
1: Yep, I agree. Cool. Well, sounds good. Thank you so much, thank Jim. You. I appreciate you Thanks. coming on. And yeah, um, hopefully, you have a safe flight back, and we'll talk to you more. And hopefully, we hear more good news, news. out of your clinical trials and, I hope and all so. of that. Okay. Yeah.
2: Wonderful. Well, so, you have a great day. And thank thank you. you so much.
1: At Indiana
3: Farm Bureau, we serve tree farmers, goat farmers, and in fact, all farmers. With over 250,000 members, Indiana Farm Bureau represents a broad range of farmers and puts power in your collective voice. You also get advice from our subject matter experts, more affordable health plan options, and support for youth programs statewide. So whether you grow soybeans or strawberries, membership means you'll be heard. Become a member today at infb.org.
0: Next up, we have Scott Massey from Anu. So, Scott, thank you for joining us today.
3: Thank you for having me.
0: Um, tell us a little bit about your company and what you all do.
3: At Anu, we seek to empower everybody to grow pure produce. We've developed a controlled environment gardening system that creates a year-round garden for individuals to produce their own pure produce. From an experience, it's kind of like egg, but for plants
0: and and why why that path what you know what got you interested in that
3: yeah uh, i'm from evansville indiana which has a very long and rich history of appliance manufacturing and engineering design and then went on to go to university purdue university where i had the great opportunity to work on a nasa-funded hydroponic research study under dr Kerry mitchell dr mitchell is a fantastic advisor to us and a renowned horticulturalist who's studying energy efficient leds for indoor crop cultivation The LEDs create light that simulates the sun and facilitates photosynthesis. And the premise of that study was to develop the most energy-efficient lighting recipe to grow crops in future space colonies. And while that is remarkable, and I'm incredibly excited about the possibility of interplanetary farming, I also wanted to apply the technology here and now because hydroponics, especially in a controlled environment, solves a lot of the challenges we have today. We can grow year-round independent of the soil type, the climate. We can produce at the point of consumption for maximum nutritional value. And I think somewhere between the convergence of that experience I had at Purdue with NASA-funded research and being from Evansville with this rich appliance material science history, I really started asking myself these kind of provocative questions of why do we even need to go to the grocery store to obtain produce? What if we could grow it at home? What if the very machine that we think of as The tomb of food, the refrigerator, what if that could be the womb? What if it could grow and produce food for our household dietary needs? And I think through those series of questions, I kind of found myself falling down the entrepreneurial path.
0: That's incredible. So I want to know what types of produce... Did you start growing, and, and do some do better better than others, or is it pretty blanket success across the?
3: the Red deck? Russian kale was definitely the very first one we prioritized because it has fantastic nutritional density. I know the flavor may be a bit subjective to some, uh, but leafy greens we do extremely well. That's everything from lettuce, kale, spinach varieties. We have a huge, wide assortment of the varieties that we can provide. Working with fantastic seed suppliers from around the world, a lot of culinary herbs, things like basil and cilantro but we also have a very diverse team with a number of japanese team members so things like shiso leaves mizuna that they really miss from home they want to have that culinary experience but now they can provide in their own self-sufficient manner and something very very unique to us is fruiting varieties which is very difficult to do in an indoor environment Fruiting plants require triple the light intensity of leafy greens. So not only does it require triple the light, but it's emitting that much more heat inside of a closed box. And the term greenhouse effect is real. Anytime Mm. you have heat inside of a sealed box, that heat accumulates. And for cool weather crops, that can be problematic. But we've developed a very unique design that uniquely enables us to grow these fruiting plants like tomatoes, peppers, and even strawberries we're very excited about in the future. I'm excited about it. Um,
0: So we're actually recording this at the AFBF National Convention where you participated in the Ag Innovation Challenge. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me a little bit, um, I guess, first why you decided to uh, apply for that or, or go for the Ag Innovation Challenge awards and what that process was like actually competing?
3: Yeah, you know, the Ag Innovation Challenge is really what motivated us to become part of Farm Bureau members. We were not prior to having seen the advertisements about that challenge, but it was seeking entrepreneurs in the agricultural technology space to compete at a national level for funding. And I thought, you know, let's let's risk it to win it. Let's see if we can get into this thing. And it was really interesting. Conveying our value proposition, explaining how this can help address food deserts in rural America, but also empower new business enterprises to leverage our technology. To actually submit that in an application and to get that validation that we were advancing as a semifinalist was extremely exciting. Only probably, I would say, eclipsed by the excitement of the show here being at the Farm Bureau Convention in Salt Lake City.
0: That's great. So... What was it like working with the other entrepreneurs i'm sure you're you know in groups like that where you, where you kind of bounce ideas off that but you're all here in one place uh, you know any insights you gain from other competitors
3: you know it's kind of like that old adage that those who sweat the most in practice bleed the most in combat and while we're certainly not bleeding up there i think it's a friendly level of competition we learn from each other you can learn from people who have fantastic pitches who know how to really convey the value proposition that they are providing with their unique technology, really capturing the progress that may span many years, in in some cases, many generations, in the case of individuals creating solutions on these multi-generational farms, and to convey that within a seven-minute time frame, and effectively to convey your business model. That's not easy, but learning from one another is a really unique learning experience that we really appreciate.
0: One thing I want to make sure to cover is you got a pretty sizable grant from the National Science Foundation. Mm -hmm. So as an entrepreneur, you know, tell me a little bit about getting that money, what that's going to do for your business, kind of how that maybe changes plans for you.
3: It certainly is a game changer. It brings your level of technology to another level. So oftentimes I'll meet founders that have very limited resources. Either they were fortunate enough to raise capital or have some support from friends and family. But that only gets you so far. What I really like about the National Science Foundation, exceptionally, and there are other agencies that have SBIR, Small Business Innovation Research Grants, but what the NSF particularly It's in the name, science. They want you to create a proposal that will take a technology that may be in its infancy and to propose a series of experiments. And that includes everything from personnel, resources, laboratory, you name it, and to understand how this technology can be brought to the next level and ultimately commercialized beyond the laboratory that it can be used in industry to start having a real impact. And they love projects that have societal impacts. We think of what hydroponics does. It's farming without soil in a closed loop. There's no runoff. If done in a controlled environment, there doesn't need to even be pesticides or preservatives. So we're providing this highly nutritious produce option in areas that may not have had access to it previously.
0: That's amazing. Thank you for joining us, Scott, and and for representing Indiana here at the Ag Innovation Challenge at AFBF. Before we go, can you let people know where they can learn more about ANU or or follow what you're doing?
3: Yeah, following us on social media is definitely the best way to stay in touch. That's Grow ANU on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. And that's A-N-U. That is correct. Perfect. Thanks, Scott. Thank you.
0: If you enjoyed our conversation today, make sure to subscribe to The Breakdown with INFB and even rate and review us to let us know how we're doing. For more information, visit www.infb.org slash podcast.